This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Because of the long weekend in Ontario, we've rejigged a couple pieces this week. So instead of starting the week talking to Michelle McQuig, we get a bonus edition of Michelle McQuig from the Canadian Press on a Thursday. Michelle is the weekend news editor at CP and joins us now to talk about a couple of major news stories. Say good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Dave. Live from the newsroom itself. Live from the newsroom itself. Michelle McQuig in the field, on the ground. Michelle, (laughs) let's jump into a story out of Montreal yesterday where German Foreign Affairs Minister Annalena Baerbock and Canada's Foreign Minister uh, Melanie Jolie held public events in Montreal. Michelle, what were some of the key takeaways from these meetings? Yeah, well, the the main issue that they sounded off about, they they discussed a number of things, but the main issue that they were talking about had to do with the the turbine question that we've all been hearing a lot about. This is the decision that Canada made to return a turbine uh, from Siemens that was being repaired in Montreal to Germany. It will then be used in the Nord 1 pipeline, uh, which is owned by Russia and helps deliver gas to Germany and is being cited as a cause of the gas shortage that the country is experiencing right now. Um, Russia has been saying that part of why they've been cutting gas supplies has to do with the fact that there was this turbine out for repairs. What what Milani Jodi and Annalena Baerbach were saying yesterday is that basically by returning the turbine to Germany, which has drawn a lot of criticism from a number of circles, they claim that they did the right thing because what they've done is called Russia's bluff. And now the fact that gas output from that pipeline has been dialed back to about 20%, um, even though the turbine is returned to, to Germany. Us. Oh, sorry, Michelle. We had a little. We had a little mispress for the button there. Continue. No, well, I mean, she, she said it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how that works. Um, she's the fact that all the, the the gas output has not improved. In fact, it's been dialed back further. They're saying that this is now proof that. Russia is using that as a pretext that's part of the political gamesmanship and that returning the turbine makes that pretty clear. And I think those clips you have will probably give an even clearer sense of what they're saying. Yeah, so I, I managed to, from some of your colleagues, they they pulled some of the audio from this event yesterday. So let's hear from mm-hmm. Minister Baerbach talking about the way in which Russia is leveraging energy policy. He tried to split us. He tried to play games with us. And now the whole world can see crystal clear that he is just using energy as a gameplay. Michelle, I know it's always tough to gauge public perception after an event like this. It's so kind of real time. But does it seem like the public events yesterday may have quelled some of the sentiment on the decision to return the energy equipment? You're right. It's really hard to say, but I, I'm kind of thinking probably not. Uh, Ukrainian, the, the Ukrainian Canadian Congress is one of the more vocal advocacy groups that have been really, really, really vocal about this and saying this is a betrayal that Canada perpetrated here by by easing those sanctions and allowing that turbine to go back. And they're expected to redouble their calls for Canada to reverse that decision today, even though the turbine currently is in Germany. like It's already back there. It's not in Russia. It's not in the pipeline, but it is back in Europe. So there is still expected to be a certain amount of backlash. Uh, House of Commons Committee is going to be diving deep into this issue today. So it's not going away. I, I 
would be a bit surprised if yesterday's news there was enough to put that one back on ice. Mm. Michelle, let's jump to a different story out of the national capital regions. A couple of peculiar crashes, vehicle crashes around the Ottawa area yesterday. What happened? What happened early in the morning around Parliament Hill? Yeah, so the first one took place around 3.30 in the morning, and it was an unidentified vehicle. We don't have any details about this. We don't know a whole lot about this incident in general. But it smashed into the gates of Parliament Hill. Um, they were stopped from going much further due to, quote, security infrastructure. We don't know a lot about how it got taken down. There was minimal damage to the gates itself, um, and no charges have been laid so far. But uh, that was definitely uh, right at the gates of, of, the, of the precincts that that happened and then there was a crash later in the day at 24 Sussex, the unoccupied residence that would typically house the prime minister. What happened with that one? That's right. That's an even weirder one. So fast forward about six hours from the Parliament Hill crash, and you have a tour bus, an amphibious tour bus that helps uh, spin people around the national capital region via land and water. It was being driven by staff driver. There was no one on board at the time. But yeah, it went. It, it crashed right into steps of 24 Sussex, which, as you note, is the Prime Minister's official residence, even though it's not currently occupied. Um, and a lot of damage there. No injuries reported. Uh, no charges laid so far, even if the driver was taken into custody. Uh, but there was some fencing that was smashed and, and some, some very visible damage around 24 Sussex after that particular crash. There appears to be no connection between these. But, Michelle, what a weird coincidence to get these within a couple hours of each other. It's really odd. Yeah, and it really was. Like one was 3.30 in the morning. The, the, the tour bus thing was at like 9.30 or thereabout. It was quite odd. They're, they're not talking about any connection. Uh, we don't even have charges laid in either case just yet. So there's a lot we don't know, but it's uh, it's a weird one. And it definitely uh, <laughs> threw a bit of a wrench of the day's plans for my Ottawa colleagues who don't typically have to cover these kinds of things, let alone two of them in one day. And I should say, just for the point of clarification, I returned from Ottawa on Tuesday. So I was not involved. I was not doing any driving around Ottawa on Wednesday. You Mich- have that Ottawa cops? It's not, it's not Dave Brown. Yeah, not Dave Brown. Put that on a T-shirt. No. Michelle, thank you for this. We'll talk to you tomorrow for the news panel. <laughs> Sounds great, Dave. Take care. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.